Welcome in to the Paul Kuharski podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski of paulkuharski.com. This is a production of 440 Sports, contractual obligation met. I have mentioned my name three times in the first 30 seconds. Thumbs up from everybody out there. Uh, Appreciate you joining me um, on a podcast platform or on YouTube. Please uh, subscribe, like rate and all of that good stuff. We're going to talk about something on all five guys who are reported to be in line to join the Titans as of Wednesday evening, none officially announced by the team, even though that window has opened official free agency, Um, how restricted free agents have played out for the Titans, the departures of David Long and Nate Davis, the mysteries of cleanup at the gym, and why people cannot read. Lots of fun stuff packed into this episode. I thank you for joining me. Let's jump right in with Andre Dillard, who ranks in my eyes, and I think most eyes, as the most important free agent that the Titans have agreed to terms with so far. Left tackle from Philadelphia, one-time first-round pick. Did not play a lot with the Eagles um, after kind of messing up uh, his his rookie year as Jason Peters' um, replacement. Um, then the, then got hurt and uh, and beat out and never really resurfaced. That said, he's got the sort of athleticism that the Titans really desire at the position. Not a Taylor Lewan level athlete, but a Taylor Lewan level athlete is uh, is a rarity. And so um, I think they uh, would really like this guy to win uh, the starting job. I know that they would really like this guy to win the starting job. Um, you'll have to draw some conclusions of your own as to how I've come to that. Um, and we'll talk about what that means to the draft in a second. I'm dying to know the contract structure, and I'm sure it'll be out between the time that I record this and the time you listen to it. People refuse to wait, and so they're declaring him with the three-year, $29 million report, a $10 million a year guy, and they're confused as to why the Titans would spend so much on a guy that that appears to some as a bust, um, who suffered two injuries, a torn biceps that, that cost him an entire year, a broken arm that cost him some games. Um, but I'm telling you that the guarantee not being released by the agent in the report of the money is very telling. I bet you the guarantee is low. I bet you the third year is, is, is paperwork only. Um, we shall see that soon. Um, and I'm telling you, you got to wait on these deals until you find out all the details about the structure and the guarantee. Um, if he's as good as, as they hope he'll be, obviously, uh, even if it's three years and $29 million straight up, um, it'll be a good deal. They want him to start. Um, I don't know what that is going to mean in terms of what they do in the draft at number 11. but. I am far less certain than I was right when they signed him, uh, right when they agreed to terms with him, that they will still be drafting um, a left tackle at uh, at 11. Um, Atlanta and Chicago in front of them are both offensive tackled needy. Um, 
Is the third left tackle the left tackle the Titans want? If those two teams take take one, maybe. Is the third left tackle better than the first or second player at another position? Um, you know, it's hard to say. Um, but I could see the Titans taking an edge there. I could see the Titans taking a corner there. I can see them trading back and looking wide receiver there, though it's really not a great wide receiver draft. I mean, there are a lot of good wide receivers in the draft. There's not an 11th pick wide receiver in the draft. Um, you know, there's a hole in everybody, maybe. Quentin Johnston, um, you know, is an estimated 4-3, and I'm sure, you know, they know how fast he is from the film, 6-3, 208. Looks like the best combination of size and speed. Jordan Addison's only 5'11", 173. He ran a 4.49. Projects to be a Tyler Lockett type. Um, but, you know, if you're spending the 11th pick in the draft, you want bigger. Um, Jackson Smith and Jigba uh, is a Jarvis Landry type. He didn't run at the, at the combine, but uh, everything I see says below average top end speed. They're trying to get fast. If you're drafting 11th overall, he's 6'1", 196, not bad, but you got to have top end speed out of that guy. Um, you know, so that leaves me thinking, you know, if you're going wide receiver, maybe you trade back. Um, and then, you know, another, another thing that I've been considering there is maybe Michael Meyer. The, the tight end. Um, but is there enough distance between him and a guy like Darnell Washington that it would warrant taking a tight end at 11 or even, um, you know, with your first round pick, if you trade back, they can both be the inline type of tight end that the Titans need to pair with Chig Aconquo. So um, I'm less certain about what the Titans draft priorities are, how they'd stack what's the premium pick for them than I was before the Andre Dillard signing. So he's good enough, I believe, in their eyes to maybe, to probably have a bearing on that, particularly if they're not getting the cream of the crop. If they had their pick of the first offensive tackle there, I think it'd probably be pretty hard to resist. But if they're picking the third offensive tackle there and it doesn't happen to be their favorite of, of the three, I think it becomes more difficult. Um, Arden Key, I really love the Arden Key signing. Uh, and partly it's because of how well he played against the Titans in 2022. In two games, he had five tackles, one for a loss, five quarterback hits, a sack, and a fumble recovery. And I wrote a while back, those of you who are members of my site, which all of you should be, that in an ideal world, um, you know, the Titans would be in position to start to think not just about who they need to replace this year, but about who they might need to replace next year. And the three guys who headline that list are Derek Henry, obviously, Danico Autry, and Christian Fulton. Those are guys whose contracts come up. Fulton's got the soft tissue injury issue. Henry is is old in running back years, and Nico Autry is old in age years. Now, <laughs> um, and I would hope that Autry, you know, still has juice and could still be a guy for them in 2024 that they'd want to re-sign. 
But um, I think Arden Key is an Autry-like guy. Um, now, they're both six feet five inches, um, but Key does give up 40 pounds. Autry is 285 listed as. Um, and everything I've found has um, Key at 240. So there's a big difference there. Autry looks to project to be a defensive end to replace Demarcus Walker on that end. Um, but he's got the flexibility that Autry uh, had, has to play tackle, even end, and outside linebacker. Um, so there are versatile pieces for the defensive front. And, uh, and we'll see where the Titans go from here with that. I heard the Jags were pissed to lose Key because it was a big deal to him to get an opportunity to start. And he's not going to start in Jacksonville where he was playing outside linebacker because Trevon Walker, number one pick in 2022, is a starter. And Josh Allen, the seventh pick in 2019, is a starter. Um, so. You know, but is it that big a deal to start if you're in a rotation and you're going to be on the field? He's probably not going to be on the field in the biggest pass rushing situations for the Jaguars, given the draft value and the skill level of those two guys. So, yeah, it's more than starting, I would think. It's it's big opportunities for Arden Key that he's going to get here. One One question I have. And I know the Raiders are a messed up team. So he's a third round choice by the Raiders in 2018. He played three seasons there and then he was waived. Played a year in San Francisco where obviously Rand Carthon knows him from. Of these five guys the Titans have added, Carthon knows three of them from time in San Francisco together. Um, but then he spent a year in San Francisco and a year in Jacksonville. So the Titans are going to be his fourth team. Uh, in three, four, five, six years, four teams in six years. It's a lot of movement. So nobody's fallen in absolute love with him that they they wanted to keep him around. That's just one kind of aside that makes me uh, a little bit curious. Third edition, Daniel Brunskill. Um, he's played center, guard, and even right tackle for San Francisco. So this is a Carthon guy. Started every game in uh, 2020 and 2021, but only two games last year, those starting years, right guard primarily and center, but obviously viewed as a guy who can play anywhere up and down the line. So the Titans like that versatility. I think he's slotted for right guard here, and he's Nate Davis's replacement. And you've got to like that uh, in the two guys that the Titans lost in free agency, the two guys who were key guys, David Long and Nate Davis, Titans have already replaced both of them. We'll get to, to uh, Aziz Al-Shair in a minute, who's David Long's replacement. Um, Brunskill, 23rd guard in pro football focuses uh, grades. 67.3. That's 14 points better pass blocking than run blocking. Davis ranked 17th 
Uh, Aaron Brewer ranked 46, so he's uh, towards the better end of what the Titans did last year. Uh, Mike Herndon pointed out in an excellent piece about Andre Dillard, which you should go see. It's a great film look at what exactly he did do when he played in Philadelphia. Um, but that both Brewer, sorry, both Dillard and Brunskill um, are, have been better pass protectors so far in their career than run blockers. I think it's, um, in the Titans history recently under Mike Rabel, they've had run blocking guys who haven't been nearly as good at pass protecting um, for the most part. And um, does this signal uh, hearken to some change that's coming in what they're going to do? I think that's a little big, big of a leap at this point, but certainly, um, you know, having to get them up to speed as um, run blockers, as opposed to having to get them up to speed as pass blockers is a nice change. And they should be sack preventers um, first and foremost. And uh, that, that's a good thing for Ryan Tannehill, who again, it sure seems like he's going to be the quarterback. Um, Aaron Rodgers said, today that he he his intention is to go to the Jets. I don't know what the market for Ryan Tannehill is now, uh, where the Titans would be trading him. So it seems reinforced again, and he's going to be the quarterback in Nashville this coming year. Um, certainly they need guys up front that can make room for Derrick Henry, but maybe they'll shift a little bit away. Um, but they need some damn receivers, and, and we'll get to that. Um, Aziz Al Shair is the uh, new inside linebacker, um, the one who played defense. He should be a cover guy given his speed, but he only played 143 coverage snaps in 2022 compared to David Long, who played 446. So that's 143 coverage snaps versus 446 for Long. PFF, I don't like to rely on their grades, but as new people are coming in, we're going to um, rely on any little bits of information that we can get, right? Um, PFF graded his coverage just a touch below Long's. It's a one-year deal reportedly worth up to $6 million. So we'd have to, you know, we don't know if that's playtime incentive or, or what, but it could be less than that. Here's the question. Is he going to play side-by-side -side with Monty Rice? because they seem to have the better side of their skill set seems to be the same coverage. Ideally rice is six feet tall, 233. Al Shire is six two two twenty eight. You can put those guys on the field together. I think they don't know yet, but I would think in some situations you'd have them out there together against teams with, uh, you know, good receiving tight ends and, and running backs who are dangerous out of the backfield, but against a team that's got a, uh, a, a heavy running back that's coming downhill at you, I think um, you're probably going to need a heavier, more durable and rugged guy in there beside one of those two uh, lighter, faster um, inside backers. Um, 
a bigger run stopper. I'm not saying that it would be Jack Gibbons, uh, but a Jack Gibbons type, he's 6'3", 242. That's more in the mold. Maybe he'd be competing for that spot. It's a uh, lesser role for sure. None of these guys are, are full-time per se, and the Titans like to bring a, a safety down um, to help in some of these situations. So we'll see. Um, if you haven't read about Al Shair's um, background, um, I wrote a little bit about that at, at paulkuharski.com. Um, so you should check that out. Brief interlude. I know you guys uh, and gals love the brief interludes. I get rave reviews about the brief interludes. So I work out at a place called Iron Tribe. It's kind of high intensity training. It's only a 25 minute workout, usually after an extensive warm up. Um, but usually at the end of these workouts, I'm dead, you know, and I know it's not the best thing, but I'm down on the floor breathing heavy. Most of the people there are more fit and more used to these workouts than I am, even though I've been going since July. Um, and so we generally help each other out with, with cleanup, but uh, it's kind of like if your wife is the type, not stereotyping here, but if your wife is the type who likes things done on her time schedule. So you say, I'll take care of it, but then she ends up taking care of it because she wants it taken care of now. And you would have gotten to it if you could have done it on your time schedule. But so I find myself often still exhausted, you know, and trying to recover and other people are taking apart my, uh, my, my bar, putting my weights away. And I feel guilty put my jump rope away, put my kettlebell away, kettlebells away. Oh, I mean, that's the nice gesture by you. Thank you very much, but I'll get to it. There's not a class immediately after our 9 a.m. class. So I joke with them about it, but uh, it does feel a little bit like the homestead can feel sometimes. And I promise I'll get to it. Just let me, uh, you know, I'm on my hands and knees over here trying to catch my breath. Who we have next here? I'm not going to talk much about the fifth guy. Luke Griffin is unlikely to factor in on defense uh, unless another plague hits the Titans. And guess who he's for? Another special teams ace for Craig Aukerman. Will this be the special teams ace who throws Titans special teams over the top? Why should we believe he will be when all the other special teams aces who passed through Nashville have not been? Fool me. Ten times, shame on me. Luke Griffin. Seems a little odd, but it's expected Expected that they're going to get one of these guys every year. PaulKuharski.com, if you're not a member, the button now goes right through. Click on the membership. If you're doing it on your phone, the three dashes, you hit on the three dashes, membership page will come up. If you're on the website, membership button right across the top. $5.99 a month, a steal at that price. You can get uh, 12 months for the price of 11 months. Mike Herndon's pieces, everything that I write, are private chats on uh, on video, which are really good. Um, Blake Bettingfield now has written, wrote a free agency preview where uh, Andre Dillard was one of the guys that he suggested the Titans go out and get. 
Um, and he'll be writing draft previews coming up as well. It's a great value. Ask anybody who has it, but uh, I urge you to check it out. Give, give me a month. See if uh, I don't deliver on the price of a less than expensive cup of coffee or a cocktail. I urge you to come join. Nate Davis signed with Chicago. Titans, I don't think, made any effort to bring Nate Davis back. Look, Nate Davis very clearly wanted his season to end late when the Titans thought he could have fought through an injury, and uh, he chose not to. I think he should have been a rock for this line, a third-round pick who developed and became a foundational piece of the offensive line. They didn't feel like it went that way for him, and despite the fact that that opened up a fourth spot on the offensive line, really a, a third spot, because we're going to get to Aaron Brewer, and I think he's locked in as one. But despite the fact they already need a left tackle and a left guard, they were willing for right guard to open up and to have to go get Brunskill, um, which they did because they were that far down on Nate Davis. And by the way, if you're not a member, uh, you, you maybe didn't hear me saying that they were down on Nate Davis and that uh, there was no reason to expect he'd be re-signed. So, People who are, are members of my site were not surprised that Nate Davis um, wasn't re-signed because I, I've been telling them since late in the season, I think, that the team was down on, on Nate Davis. David Long. David Long um, is, is a significant story here, and he's a barometer in many ways of Titans fandom. He was cheap. He went for two years and $11 million to Miami. And people say, oh, my God, how did the Titans not keep him for that? Well, first off, uh, the Titans very clearly were out on David Long before that. But David Long wasn't going shopping himself on the market and getting a price and coming back to the Titans and saying, well, how about this? That's not generally how it works. Clearly, they were done with him. But I'd ask you this. Are you, are you frustrated by the injuries or not? Have you been calling on the Titans to find ways to deal with the injuries or not? If you have, them letting David Long walk, no matter how cheaply, not that they had uh, you know a chance to match, is them dealing with the injuries. They, we all think they must solve this thing. Here they're doing a tangible thing to try to help chip away at the injury thing. They've talked, Mike Vrabel's talked about him being a repeat offender with a soft tissue injury, hamstring, that cost him 11 games in two seasons. They think that it's an avoidable injury that he's not doing enough work to avoid. They give him the tools to work through this and to do the sort of stretching and whatever else he needs to do during his time away from the team. And they found that he didn't do enough of that and that he heard it once and then he came back and then he heard it again. And Vrabel points out that Kevin Byard's never pulled a hamstring in his entire time with the Titans. So I ask you, are you out on the injuries and do you want them to find fixes? Because this is one of their fixes. They're going to move on from a guy that's repeatedly hurt and find somebody who doesn't have this history and this problem. You, you can't say you want the injuries fixed, see them do something tangible to fix the injuries and then say, 
oh, but I like David Long. Why wouldn't they re-sign David Long? Well, the reason they're not re-signing David Long is because they can't count on him being on the field. 11 games missed in two seasons is too much. And when you take that guy out of the lineup, it screws up the continuity that they need to be the defense that they can be. So you can't talk out of both sides of your mouth and say, my God, this team with the injuries is out of control. They've got to solve it. And then when they make a move that they think helps solve it by getting rid of somebody they've identified as a repeat offender which what, with what they feel is an avoidable injury, and they let him go and they move on, say, oh, my God, how could they let David Long go? You have to pick a side on this. You're either anti-injury or you're, you're okay with David Long being hurt. Which is it? Because the Titans have picked their side here, and they're doing something about the injuries that we've all been bitching about for a long time. So I'm with them on David Long. And then David Long tweeted after the fact, my God, they're acting like I tore my ACL. So he still isn't acknowledging that 11 missed games over two years is significant. And it's the reason he only got two years and $11 million, which for the caliber of player David Long is, is really, really inexpensive. He's not making a connection that that cost him a bunch of money. My God, they're acting like I tore my ACL. Yeah, well, 11 games isn't that far off of what you might have missed with a torn ACL. Got to add it up. Why can't people read? This is a big problem that I have with Twitter, and you know this. You, you guys, uh, enough of you know me. I've been, uh, you know, I go through Titans history once in a while and, uh, and I set up some tweets to, uh, remind you of things that have happened in, um, in Titans history. So Wednesday morning, I tweeted this three years ago. Those are the first three years, three words, three years ago today, the Titans announced a multi-year extension with Ryan Tannehill. You would not believe how many tweets I got that I scared them that the Titans had done some deal with Ryan Tannehill. Now, how is that my fault if you can't read the first three words three years ago? How stupid are people? Three years ago today. How do you see the word extension first in that? Do you not read from the first word to the last word? That's how I read. How do you read? Not taking any blame for that or offering any apologies. I can I can give uh, reading lessons. Here. First three words three years ago. Relax, people, and come to terms with Tannehill. As I said earlier, that there's nowhere for him to go. Name the market now that's looking for for Ryan Tannehill. Let's talk about Nick Westbrook Aquino. Nick Westbrook Aquina is a restricted free agent. The Titans haven't had a lot of action in restricted free agency for themselves because most of their players who had finished three years were still uh, attached to them, not unrestricted free agents, going into their fourth year were bad players. They'd let, uh, let a ton of them walk. David Quesenberry was maybe the best. Deontay Foreman, though um, he wound up coming coming back and the whole league mis misread him. 
but a lot of other guys that you had no concern for and, and uh, that, that walked Dickerson, the defensive lineman was, was one of them, Matt Dickerson. Um, so the Titans decided that they were not going to tender Nick Westbrook Aquina at $2.627 million, $2.6 million. It's pretty expensive for Nick NWI. Um, but instead, they were negotiating with he and his agent, and they made him an offer below that. And you can sign, you know, a guy can sign a contract that's not as valuable as the tender. He, surprisingly to me, and I don't know how low the offer was, but turned down the offer and said, I'm going to go test the market. And if I don't find, you know, something that I want, I'll circle back to you. You know who makes less than the tender that that uh, Westbrook Aquina, you know, could, that could have kept Westbrook Aquina in Nashville. He didn't have a choice if they tendered him at the $2.6 million. If they tendered him at that, another team could have signed him to an offer sheet. If the Titans didn't match that offer sheet, they would have lost him for nothing, but they would have had the right to match that offer sheet. You know who makes less than $2.6 million in average annual value? T. Higgins, Christian Watson, Elijah Moore, Michael Pittman, George Pickens, Chase Claypool, Van Jefferson, Josh Palmer, Nicole Hardman, who's now a free agent, LaVisca Chenault, and look for veterans. Those are all guys on rookie contracts. Veterans, Khalif Raymond in the seventh year, been there, been there, done that. Calvin Ridley going into the fourth year of his rookie deal is at 2.725. So he's right there around the number. Marquise Hollywood Brown, a first round pick like Ridley, just under $3 million going into his fifth year. So uh, from Hollywood Brown, who's 60th in the league at wide receiver in average annual value, to Braxton Berrios, who's 59th, the average jumps from 2.9 million to 6 million. It's basically the difference from rookie deals, Khalif Raymond accepted, to uh, veteran deals. The third year minimum is one. Uh, the fourth year minimum is uh, 1.08 million. I think Nick Westbrook Aquina could get that. I think the Titans probably offered him that, maybe that plus something. But I, I just wonder, like, on the one hand, you know what you're getting with him. You're getting a, a fourth receiver uh, who's going to run the right routes and can play good special teams for you. And the Titans put a value on that. I respect that a lot. I'm surprised that they didn't ensure they're keeping him because they've got really nothing on the roster, right? Traylon Burks, uh, Kyle Phillips, and, and, and nothing you can count on. Um, Racy McMath, it's, it's, you can't count on Racy McMath. I mean, they've got nothing. So right now, there's a big hole on the depth chart after your number one guy and a slot guy who was hurt his entire rookie year and, and didn't prove he could handle the punt return job. 
But, uh, you know, is Nick Westbrook Akina going to get $2.7 million somewhere? I don't know. Titans fans certainly don't think so, based on their reaction, the Twitter reaction to the story I wrote that he turned down an offer to go test the market. Titans could be pretty confident that he's going to come back and, and they'll have him or that they can do better. They didn't tender Cody Hollister, thank God. This guy shouldn't have been on the roster as long as he was. They had zero alternatives. I pray that they don't end up in a situation where they're injured again and they have to go crawling to to, to Cody Hollister and bring him back. But um, it's interesting about Nick Westbrook-Akina. Now, Tier Tart got a second-round tender. It, he deserves that. He got $4.3 million. It's, it's a good payday. Now, if somebody were to come to negotiate with Tier Tart and give him an offer sheet that he signed, the Titans could match it um, or not match it and get a second-round pick in return. Nobody's doing that, right? The tender basically ensures that they get to keep Tier Tart. $4.3 million is a high price tag. And nobody's giving him a deal that's more attractive than the $4.3 million one-year deal that gets him to free agency and giving up a second-round pick for him. It's too expensive. I'm really surprised that Aaron Brewer also got a second-round tender. Now, Aaron Brewer at $4.3 million is absolutely starting for this team. There's no way he's getting that to be depth. I am virtually certain he's moving from left guard to center and he's going to replace Ben Jones. He's going to have to do better with his snaps. They're going to have to give him a left guard who uh, combined with Brunskill will, will give him some security with, with good players on both sides of him. But um, they value him a lot more than outsiders. And this is a safety move. They already have brought in two offensive linemen. They still need, at the very least, a left guard. They could draft a, a left tackle, as we discussed, at number 11 or, or somewhere in their first three picks. And they still need depth, though Jamarco Jones could factor in. Um, they still need depth. They, they aren't done on the offensive line, even after signing, uh, agreeing to terms with two guys in the first, you know, three days of, of free agency, so to speak. They're not willing to risk Aaron Brewer going somewhere else because then they'd need yet another piece, despite the fact that you and I can't imagine another team if they did the right of first refusal, if they did the, uh, uh, the $2.6 million tag, can't imagine that somebody would sign them to something attractive and they'd be left just to match it. Um, or or to lose them. Well, what's the danger of just matching it? I don't know. But they, they're a lot higher on him than all of us. Um, they're worried about losing a piece and needing a piece. Um, and they really like his smarts. They think that he's going to grow and get better, and they're banking on Aaron Brewer. But what they really need, is these additions to be good and for Nicholas Petit Frere to make a big step in his second year and for Aaron Brewer to, to grow as they expect. But Aaron Brewer needs to be um, 
you know, the weak link on this line. Um, he wasn't last year. I mean, I guess he was the second weakest link on the line. Dennis Daly by far was the worst player on the line. They're not going to have anybody nearly as bad as, as, as uh, Daly in 2023. Hopefully they have a healthy line and uh, they've got a new line coach. They've got a new offensive coordinator, a lot of changes. Two guys who are better pass protectors now than run blockers. Maybe a little bit of change in philosophy there. We'll see. But Aaron Brewer's in the right place at the right time, getting uh, a little bit over $4 million for his fourth year in the league. Good for him. Good for him. But I know if, uh, if he's got some missteps along the way, Titans fans going to be all over him. Shouldn't be all over him to the degree they were all over Dennis Daly because he's not going to be that bad. Hey, I appreciate you joining me. Stay tuned to paulkoharski.com for free agent uh, news and analysis. Um, I'll talk to you again next week, and then I'll have stuff for you the week after um, from Arizona, where I will attend the annual owners meetings, which is a very fruitful trip. So I'm looking forward to that. And uh, maybe I'll get the weather that we've missed here for spring break. In the meantime, don't block the box, but be sure, please, to lock your locks. Thanks for being with me. I really appreciate it.